Today, inshallah, is the inception of Tafsir al-Qur'an after having completed Surah al-Kahf within seven days in the month of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, and having finished Surah al-Baqarah previously as well as the majority of Surah al-Ali Imran, the intent and purpose today, inshallah, is to start Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem from the beginning from Surah Al-Fatiha up to Surah Al-Nas to the end of Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem. We start reciting Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem with A'udhu Billahi Min Ash-Shaytan Ar-Rajeem which even though is not written in the Mus'haf is a command within Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem in Surah Al-Nahl where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says فَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ فَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنَ And whenever you recite the Qur'an فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ Seek refuge with Allah مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ From a shaytan, a rajim, who is described as being a rajim, the one who is far from the mercy of Allah, who is pelted away from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The wording there is isti'adah, which is isti'adah, is to seek refuge. But the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa teaches us to say, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim This verb, A'udhu, is like sama yasumu, siyaman, a'adha ya'udhu, iyadhan, to seek refuge. A'udhu billahi. Now, this is not written down in Al-Qur'an al-Kareem in the Mus'haf, but we start the Qur'an with isti'adha, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to make us realize that our protection is from other than ourselves. To make us realize that we rely upon someone else who created us, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who protects us. So the reciter of the Quran does not rely upon himself for protection. He relies upon the one who has revealed the Quran. He relies upon the one who has created him by saying, A'udhu Billahi, I seek refuge with Allah. And then in some ad'iyya, some of the supplications of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would say, A'udhu bika mink, I seek refuge with you from you, meaning what? From the that of Allah, and sometimes from the sifat of Allah, and sometimes from the af'al of Allah, the divine actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why is this? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately is the one who creates khair and sharr. Allah creates good and evil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates marad, illness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who creates faqr, poverty. So we seek refuge with him, relying upon him alone. So the entire Quran starts with a'udhu. Then we say billahi. When we say billahi, this letter ba is also the same letter by which the bismillahirrahmanirrahim we start with. We say a'udhu billahi. One of the unique aspects of the letter ba is that the letter ba attaches itself to whatever it is placed with. So it attaches itself to, to the name of Allah. A'udhu billahi. So when you say billahi, one of the unique aspects of the letter ba 
that the, the letter ba has numerous meanings. One of them, for instance, you say, Katabtu bil qalami, I wrote with the pen, meaning you sought help with the pen. So when you say, A'udhu billahi, I seek refuge with Allah, meaning the that of Allah, you are seeking help and refuge only with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This letter ba attaches itself to the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unique in such a way that scholars like Al-Imam Sa'aduddin al-Taftazani rahimallahu ta'ala and others have said that the name is non-derived. It's not derived from any other name. Meaning some of them speculated. They said, is the name of Allah from uh, Aliha, from the, uh, from the letters Alif Lam Ha? Is it from the verb Aliha Ya'lahu? Is it from uh, Lahu? Is it from meaning they give different speculation, but the correct qawl Correct statement is that the name is non-derivative, it's unique. And another thing with the name Allah, that it is Al-Ismul A'azam. What is Al-Ismul A'azam? That unique name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if a person calls upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that unique name, his dua will be answered, his supplication will be answered. So then some people may say, we call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but our dua is not answered in the way that we want it to be answered. The response is that there are shara'it, shurut, conditions for the dua to be answered. Ahammuha aklul halal. That the most important shart is what? Eating halal. The most important condition for the uh, response to the name of Allah that the dua is answered straight away is that the person be consuming halal. What is the second shart? After you eat halal, the second or the last shart is that the person has sid and ikhlas. He is truthful and he has ikhlas, sincerity for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we say, A'udhu billahi. We seek refuge with Allah, meaning that unique name, Al Mustajmi', meaning this name is what? Al Mustajmi' li jami' al kamalat. It is inclusive of all the perfections. The name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has all the perfections. A'udhu billahi. Then we say, we seek refuge with Allah from whom? From a shaytan. The, the word a shaytan from its root is from shatana. Shatana is in the meaning of ba'uda, is someone who is far. What was he far from? He was far from the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Far from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why this is in accordance with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, which is next. That we start in the name of Allah, who is Ar Rahman and Ar Rahim, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is invoked. But a shaitan was that who is the one who is far from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then a shaitan is described as Ar Rajim. Ar Rajim, a sifatul mushabbaha, it comes in the meaning of what? The one who is marjoom, the one who is casted away. He's casted away from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We seek refuge from shaitan, but at the same time we seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from our own nafs. From why someone may read the hadith which mentions that the best of people in the end of times is the man who yafirru bidinihi min al-fitan. He runs away with his religion from tribulations. But a man may, may go to uh, to al Jibal, the, the acme, the Qimmatul Jabal, the acme of the mountains, in order to have a watering source and some goats that he tends to. And a person thinks he runs away from fitna, tribulation. 
but the greatest tribulation lies between his chest. What is that? Is the nafs itself, the soul. So he can run away to the mountains. He runs away from the makhluk. He runs away from the fitna of people. But as he run away from the fitna, which is bayna jambehi, between himself. So where does he seek refuge? Where does he seek refuge when there is something to wrestle between himself? He seeks refuge with Allah. So when you recite, A'udhu billahi min shaytanir rajim It is not just a shaytanir rajim It is also from the nafs itself. Because the nafs can wrestle you down where shaitan cannot wrestle you down. Now to fight and combat shaitan, you weaken your food intake. If you cut down your food, you cut down your solids and your drink, you will be able to wrestle shaitan. But how does a person wrestle his nafs? This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislated the five daily prayers. The five daily prayers were legislated to combat the nafs. Some people say, what is the wisdom of praying five times a day? It's to combat the ego that can overwhelm you and make you murtakibu dhanub and uh, meaning carry out sins and also to follow shahwat desires. So when you stand in prayer, you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your hands tied and then you go into ruku' and then you go into sujood. This is what placing the soul, the nafs, the ego in its correct place, knowing that there is someone else who has authority over you. So when you recite A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, all these meanings must be taken into account that it is not just a shaitan who is from Alamul Ghayb, from the world of the unseen, but it is it is also the nafs which must be overwhelmed. The nafs must be maghloob, that the person must overwhelm the desires, the shahwat. So this is why we start the Quran with A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. Then within the Mus'haf, we start with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. This is written in the Mus'haf. We are commanded to say A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajim. That is not written, but we are commanded to say that. Even though the Quran states Fasta'id. So ostensibly we start with Asta'idu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajim. But because we follow the Sunnah, of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we say, A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Then we recite, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. The Quran here starts with the letter Ba. And the letter Ba is the first letter that was spoken by us in Alamul Arwah. When we were in the world of the souls, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed us, Allahstu bi rabbikum, am I not your Lord? We responded by saying, Qalu bala. They said, of course. So when we said Bala, we recited the letter Ba. The letter Ba was the first letter that we stated. And then when we recite the Quran, when we recite Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, our soul remembers Alamul Arwah. Our soul, which is within us, remembers Alamul Arwah and wants to return back to the Munajat, the communication with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This is what every soul seeks: that the soul seeks to have Munajat, communication with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So the letter Ba is the, the reason why the letter Ba was placed in Allah al-Mahfuz in the preserved tablet written down and then revealed to Jibreel alayhi salam and then to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is to remind us that when we recite the Quran that we said in Alam al-Arwah in the world of souls Bala qalu Bala. Additionally the letter Ba is a humble letter. Why? Because the letter Ba if you notice the Nukta the Dot of the letter Ba is at the bottom. Unlike Ta, the letter Ta has two nuqat, a nuqtatan at the top. Jim has 
the the nukta in the middle the kha has the nukta at the top the dhal has the nukta at the top the za has the nukta at the top but ba has the humility and the dot is placed at the bottom and therefore because of the humility of ba ba is the first letter that was placed in order to ishar notification for us that the abd the servant of allah must have humility with his lord meaning uh, acknowledging the rububiyah the lordship of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his uluhiyah his divinity is that a person realizes his own ubudiyah his own servitude to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then in the quran states bismillahir rahmanir rahim ismi the name of allah this as i stated is al ismul a'zam the greatest name of allah that if a person calls allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this name his dua is answered but with the condition of what eating halal and aside from eating halal which is halal income means following the sharia in accordance with the sharia there are 10 ways which your income can be halal there are 10 ways which al-imam ahmad bin ajiba rahimallahu in al-fatuhatul ilahiyah and others have mentioned 10 ways in which how your your income can be halal for instance open land which is free for everyone to uh, for animals to graze on a person takes a, a pear or an apple from this open land it's halal likewise tijara trade is a halal likewise jihad in the way of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and person has income through ghanima uh, wool beauty this is halal income so like this there are 10 ways of earning halal inheritance which is halal so someone cannot say halal income is ha- impossible they cannot say this why because halal income will remain until the yawm al qiyamah because if there was no halal income there would be no awliya allah salihin no uh, pious people of allah but the pious people will exist all the way to yawm al qiyamah until the last the souls of the believers are taken bismillahir rahmanir rahim so when we say allah the first shart of the dua being accepted is that aklul halal and the last shart is sidqan ikhlas is being truthful and having sincerity then this name allah is mentioned then ar-rahman and then ar-rahim two sifat of allah if we look at the, these two names of allah firstly kathratul bina tadullu ala kathratil ma'na which is what the more letters something has the more meaning it has so ar-rahman and ar-rahim even though they are from the same root word which is from ra mim which is rahma and this is why the rahim the womb is referred to as rahim because when someone has kinship and ties through the womb they have more mercy for that person similarly this word ar-rahman it denotes what the jalailun ni'am the great favors of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are visible to everyone to observe but the ar-rahim refers to daqaiqun ni'am like those subtle mercies of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we may not observe what a jalailun ni'am the great favors of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gives us rizq he gives us sustenance but then daqaiqun ni'am for instance that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows for that sustenance to leave the body without harming the body you have ni'amullahi adh-dhahira wal batina the favors of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are apparent and then you have the favors of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are hidden there are things which are apparent they are apparent favors but there are hidden and subtle favors ar-rahman and ar-rahim both of these 
sometimes may refer to uh, the rahma of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which emanates from sifatul that from the attributes of the essence like iradatullah the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything in wujud everything comes into wujud this alone is the rahma of Allah wujud alone meaning the fact that we exist is rahma of Allah the fact that we exist alone is from the will and might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is from sifatul that the attributes of the essence the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore is attached to everything in existence. This is from sifatul irada and sifatul qudra. The will of Allah is that everyone exists. Therefore, the mercy of Allah is attached to everyone. But also, sometimes the, sifa, the uh, mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may be specific. So that is general mercy, the existence. But sometimes there is a specific mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So like this, there will be a mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is attached to sifatul af'al, the actions, the divine actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This would mean that there are, the Ar-Rahman has that mercy which is attached to the, the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the general mercy, and then there is a specific mercy. Ar-Rahim has a general mercy and a specific mercy. Like this, the number of mercy increases to 100 100 juz of mercy 100 parts of mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created 100 parts of mercy and from those 100 parts Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed one part on earth with that one part of mercy the animal protects its offspring its progeny yes the creatures have mercy on one another but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reserved 99 parts of mercy that will only be revealed on the day of judgment on Yawm Al-Qiyamah so Ar-Rahmani and Ar-Rahim note also when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the divine action of Istawa he, he mentions the Sifatul Rahman Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arsh Istawa Ar-Rahman the merciful rose on, upon the throne what, he doesn't say Allahu he says Ar-Rahman meaning Sifatul Rahman. Why? Because the sif the effect of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala surrounds the Arsh. The effect of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala surrounds the Arsh. If it surrounds the Arsh, then it surrounds everything underneath the Arsh. And all the khala'iq, all the creation is underneath the Arsh. This is the reason for saying Ar-Rahman wa al-Arsh istawa. Additionally, some people attempt to say that the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not mentioned in the Quran in Christian missionaries. In reality, one of the names of Allah is what? Al-Wadud, the loving. But Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim, they entail the intense mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Now note also the correct statement regarding Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is that Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is a part of the chapter of the Quran. So it's a part of Surah Al-Fatiha. This Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is a part of Surah Al-Fatiha. This is the correct call according to the Hanafis. The Hanafis say that it's a part of the chapter. Some of them said that it's a divider that divides all the chapters. It's a divider. It's a part of the Quran, but a divider that divides all the chapters. The correct call according to the Hanafis is that it is a verse from the verse of Surah Al-Fatiha and every subsequent subsequent chapter of the Quran with the exception of Surah Al-Tawbah 
Because the theme of Surah At-Tawbah, Surah Al-Anfal and Surah At-Tawbah, chapter number 8 and chapter number 9, the theme is one theme. So the Bismillah rahman rahim is not mentioned in between. However, in the entire Quran, there is 114 Bismillah rahman rahim because it is made up for in Surah Al-Nam, where Bismillah rahman rahim is mentioned in the letter from Sulaiman salam, the letter he wrote to the Queen of Sheba, to the Queen of Saba. So, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Note here, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is repeated again in Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Why is it mentioned again? As I mentioned, in Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, it can be referring to the general mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in, in Surah Al-Fatiha, it refers to the specific mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning the general mercy encompasses everything. Rahmati wasi'at kulla shay. In al-Hadith al-Qudsi, it states, my mercy encompasses everything. What does that mean? That everything that comes into creation is under the mercy of Allah. Even being in the in existence is a part of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Quran starts with Surah Al-Fatiha. Why is Surah Al-Fatiha referred to Al-Fatiha? Remember this chapter has numerous names. One of them is Ashafiyah, the chapter that gives a cure, because it's a chapter that many of the ulama would recite and they would blow upon the patients and then the patients would receive a cure. And if you check books of Atib al-Nabawi, Al-Sharif, you'll find that a, a, an illness in the early stages, an illness in the early stages, when the illness is in the early stages and has not damage the physicality of the body, the physical body. If a person recites Quran, the Quran will give them shifa and the illness will be removed. But if the illness reaches a stage where the physical body, the material body is damaged, then they would need physical treatment also. So they recite the Quran, but they also need physical medical treatment also. So if someone catches the illness in the early stages and they recite the Quran, the Quran will wipe out the illness totally. But if they delay this until the illness eats away at the body, then they would need physical medicine, medicine also. So they would refer to Surah Al-Fatiha as Surah Al-Shafiya, the famous incident of the companions Ali Muridwan, where they went and a man was bit by a scorpion and the Sahabi read Surah Al-Fatiha until the man was cured. And then he stood up like he, he was released from uh, being tied. So this was one of the effect of reciting Surah Al-Fatiha. Why is the chapter referred to as Al-Fatiha? Some of them say because the chapter opens up Al-Quran Al-Kareem. So the one who recites Surah Al-Fatiha, it opens up the Quran for him. So before he recites anything, he recites Surah Al-Fatiha. Additionally, there is Fatih in this chapter, meaning an opening in the chapter. This is why whenever you recite a book of an author, if you recite Surah Al-Fatiha for the soul of the author, you recite Surah Al-Fatiha for the soul of the author, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will assist you in reading that book. Meaning you, you recite Al-Fatiha and donate the reward to the author, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will assist you in what? In reciting that book. Additionally, why is the chapter referred to Al-Fatiha? Some of them say because it opens up the doors of paradise. Al-Fatiha does Fatih of the doors of paradise. It opens up the doors of paradise. And if you notice, one of the names of Surah Al-Fatiha is what? As-Sab'a al-Mathani. 
السبع المثاني the seven oft repeated verses why seven some of them say because the number of verses is seven but others have said what that the number of gates of paradise is actually eight but seven of them are opened up from the the verses of surah al-fatiha additionally the seven gates of hellfire are closed through surah al-fatiha so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Now this Alhamdu, firstly, what type of praise is this? This uh, Al that appears at the beginning of Alhamdu is Lamul Ahad, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised himself from eternity. Alhamdulillahi, meaning eternal praise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised himself from eternity. Lamul Ahad. Others have said Lamul Istighraq, which means what? Jami'ul Mahamidi Lillah. All the types of various types of praises are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any type of praise, in reality, any khair, any goodness that we receive is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. What is the meaning of Alhamd? Alham, the meaning of Alhamd is what? Athana, uh, praising what? With uh, regard to anything al-jameel, anything beautiful that a person may do out of choice that you praise them for that action. But we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdu is specific to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. While madh, madh is praise also, but madh can be for what? For makhluk, for creation. So inshallah, Salatul Maghrib, the time has entered. Mustafa, come to the front, inshallah, and do adhan. Inshallah, after Salatul Maghrib, we will continue for a short, as I was saying, is athana ala al-jameel al-ikhtiari praising upon something which is beautiful and done by choice. If the meaning is Lamul Ahad, meaning the Al that is at the beginning of Alhamdu, then it means the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the pre-eternal praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for himself. And if the meaning is of what? Of the Lamul Istighraq, then the meaning would be Jami'ul Mahamidi Lillahi Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. All types of praises are for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So if we notice, we say, A'udhu Billahi Min Ash-Shaytan Ar-Rajeem. We seek refuge with Allah. And then we say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. But before we say this, we say, Bismillahi Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. So the name of Allah is repeated in the Ta'awudh. And then is repeated in the Basmala, which is saying Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Then is repeated again in Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, His divine attribute of Rabbil Alameen. What is the difference between Rabb and Ilah? Rabb, even a kafir will know that he has a Rabb, even if some atheists will not acknowledge this, they will know innately and inwardly that they have a Rabb. A Lord who nourishes them and who has created them. This comes out at the time of an aeroplane crash or a car crash. At the time of the crash, a person will say, oh my God. They will call upon a God. This is the innate fitrah, the natural disposition of calling upon the Rabb. Therefore, we say, Rabbil Alameen, even a disbeliever will acknowledge this. But the difference in acknowledging Ilah is 
uh, or ilah, meaning a deity, is that the, the Lord has given you a manhaj, a way of fulfilling your duties and obeying his commands. This is what makes the difference between a Muslim, someone who submits to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and someone who acknowledges that there is a Rabb. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a Rabb and Marboob is the makhluk. The makhluk is Marboob. The, the makhluk is nurtured. A child when he's born from the time of his birth when his backbone is not strong enough that the child cannot even roll from side to side. From that subtlety the child is born meaning under the prevailing subtlety of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the name Al-Latif the one who is prevailing and the one who is subtle with his makhluk with his creation that the child is born with a weak backbone then after development the child is able to roll from side to side then the child is able to crawl then the child is able to walk all of this is from Rabbul Alameen, the Lord of the world, the one who nurtures everything in creation. Everything is nurtured and created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rabbul Alameen, Al Alameen is mentioned here. Al Alameen is translated generally as universes because Al Alam is the universe. Why is the universe referred to as Al Alam? The word itself is from Ilm. When we say uh, Alima, he knew, but when you say Al Alam, Al-Alam is the tool of knowing, the place of knowing. Like for instance, we say Khatama. Khatama is to finalize something. And Al-Khatam is a ring. When we, say, when we have a ring, we, or we stamp. We have a stamp that we stamp letters with. We say Al-Khatam. Because the stamp is what? The tool, the utensil that is used to stamp with. Likewise, Al-Alam is the universe because the universe is the place of knowing. Al-Alamin is the universes, is the place of knowing. But what do you know? What, what you know in the universes is the creator of the universes. And then he is known as Rabbil Alameen, the one who nurtures his, uh, nurtures all the universes. How many awalim universes are there? There are so many awalim that will be mentioned in Al-Quran Al-Kareem. There is from Alamul Arsh to Alamul Kursi to Alamul Aradin to Alamul Samawat to Alamul Jinan to Alamul Jahannam, all these various, uh, to Alamul Qalam, Alamul Arwah, all these various awalim universes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created in which the makhluk, the marbub will know the creator of the awalim. So he is described as Rabbil Alameen, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Then the two attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are mentioned Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim and as I mentioned this in the tafsir in the commentary of Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim there is a difference when it is mentioned in the Basmalah uh, we say Basmalah meaning Bismillah and we say Hawqalah meaning what? La hawla wa la quwata illa billah we say Hamdalah meaning Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen the short way of saying these uh, statements but here, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. This is mentioned after Al-Alameen. So after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned to us that we say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Praise be to the one who create uh, the Lord of the universes, Rabbil Alameen. The one who nurtures all the awalim, all the mukhtalif uh, awalim, the various awalim. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. That he has the attributes of Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. Because his mercy extends across all the awalim. 
from even in Jahannam, even in hellfire, the makhluk will acknowledge the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There will be ways even in Jahannam that they will acknowledge the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extends across the makhluk at all times. Ar-Rahmanir-Rahim, yet Maliki Yawmiddin. Then we know this qira'atan of this, one qira'a is Maliki Yawmiddin and one is Maliki Yawmiddin. Of course, the Rasmul Qur'an, what is the Rasmul Qur'an, the orthography of the Qur'an is the meme and the lamb and the calf. But then sometimes they add in the khat, they add the alif at the top to show that in qira'atu hafs, it is recited as maliki yawmiddin. But it has qira'atan maliki yawmiddin. Maliki yawmiddin, master or the king of the day of judgment. Here the word, firstly, ad-deen. The word ad-deen has the same root as ad-deen. What is ad-deen? Ad-deen is a debt. If you say someone has a deen, they have a debt. The plural of deen is also duyun. Duyun is debts. Someone has multiple debts. They refer to it as uh, duyun. But why is yawmiddin referred to as ad-deen? Because that is the day of debts when the debts will be collected. So yawmiddin is in reference to the day of judgment. Additionally, this word yawm in the Quran, like there will be other words, like the word al-kitab, has a general, generic meaning. The word yawm also has a generic meaning. Yawm-i-deen, the, the day of judgment, and the time is what? A relative, that there is relativity of time, that the yawm, that even though we say yawm on earth here, on the globe, it refers to 24 worldly hours. Uh, uh, the cycle of the globe on its axis entails 24 hours of a day. This is referred to as Yom. But Yom Al-Qiyamah, Day of Judgment, the term Yom is used again, but the, the meaning is what? Relative. Because time is relative. And then Khamsuna Alf, 50,000 years, is different, meaning relatively speaking. And this is why Alam Al-Barzakh, the world of the, the intermediary zone or the Ithmas zone, this interspatial creation, which is known as the Barzakh, is also relative in time. Some of them said that it is timeless. Why? Because what is the very definition of time? The very definition of time is movement. Wherever you find movement, there is time. So if everything went still, there is no time. If the sun stopped moving, the earth stopped moving, everything stopped moving, they, the clock stopped moving, we stopped moving, there would be no time. But when bodies are movement in they have movement in relation to one another then there is time so there is time on planets because the, they have the, they have their own motion around the sun they have their own moons and likewise the earth has its moon and its phases and its own motion on its own axis so therefore there is time but when everything goes still there is no time so alam al-barzakh is a different plane and in that plane sometimes things would be motionless and things, this is why Azab al-Qabr, punishment of the grave for some people may feel like billions of years, but only a few seconds have gone on earth. Or similarly, for a person in paradise, he may have spent thousands of years in the grave, but it feels like for a, a few minutes for him in paradise. This is why time is what? Relative. So, Maliki Yawmiddin, king of the day of judgment, Yawmiddin is in reference to the day of judgment. The day of judgment is the day of death. Now, this is why it's stated regarding Surah Al-Fatiha 
that Surah Al-Fatiha is the summary of the entire Quran. How is Surah Al-Fatiha the summary of the entire Quran? It contains all of Aqeedah within Surah Al-Fatiha. The entire Aqeedah is contained within Surah Al-Fatiha. And the ahkam, the legal rulings, they are contained within Surah Al-Fatiha. When we will say, Iyaka na'budu wa Iyaka nasta'een. Iyaka na'budu, we only worship you, meaning all the ahkam. So, the entire meaning of Surah Al-Fatiha is contained within Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And the entire meaning of Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is contained within the Ba. Why is it contained in the Ba? Because when the servant reads the Quran, and acknowledges his neediness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ba' becomes the key to opening all knowledge. When he acknowledges he needs Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ba' alone becomes the key to all knowledge. And the ba' is the first letter of Surah Al-Fatiha. And Fatiha means to open. And it opens the meanings of Al-Quran Al-Kareem. So the entire summary of the Quran is contained within Surah Al-Fatiha. Maliki Yawmiddin. If you notice in Maliki Yawmiddin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his additional attribute of Malik, the king of the day of judgment, meaning there is no king other than him, because the kingdoms of earth, they are limited in their scopes. So even though people are referred to as Malik in the Quran, like in the chapter of Sayyiduna Yusuf salam, chapter number 12, the king will be referred to as Malik. In Surah Al-Kahf, وَكَانَ وَرَاءَهُمْ مَلِكٌ يَأْخُذُ كُلَّ سَفِينَةٍ غَصْبًا Ahead of them, there was a king that would take every boat forcefully. Malik. The word Malik is used. But here, the real meaning of Malik is the one who possesses everything innately. As for the Muluk al-Ard, the kings of the earth, their kingdom is limited. Their kingship is limited. With what? With soldiers. They may have some soldiers that prevent uh, harm coming to them. They will have their own borders, but a limited kingdom, once they pass away, their king kingdom phases out. On the day of judgment, the real king shall establish the day of judgment, meaning Maliki Yawmiddin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Yawmiddin is the day when the people will need to pay back their debts. What debts? That we have this life on earth, we have this health, we have age, we have wealth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us intellect. This is all a loan from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Later on, we will see the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his servants. How is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the ability to do good actions. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then rewards us for those good actions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the intellect. He gifts us the intellect and the free will. And when we exercise the intellect and the free will, he refers that to that to as a loan, a loan. In reality, it's not a loan. So this show, shows the excessive love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the, the believer or for the one who adopts and acknowledges and submits to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here, Maliki Yawmiddin, inshallah from here, we shall continue next week uh, uh, with the Tafsir al-Quran. جزا الله عنا سيدنا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم ما هو أهله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين